second podcast for 2023 sees the tail end of January, which has been a, a pretty long month and have worked with a few customers over this last three weeks. And the common theme is one of energy, um, motivation, enthusiasm, positivity, all getting tested at the start of this year and understandably. Um, the It's a time of year where business owners are putting together forecasts for the rest of this financial year ending in March, the end of March, or putting together strategy for the rest of the year. And they might have come back with full of energy and inspiration, having been well rested over Christmas. 90% of all salespeople come back with a sense of dread, a sense of um, already tired and find it very hard to spark up for the beginning of the year. I had a client a few years ago who told me a story about at the end of one year, Christmas, two or three of his salespeople got together and got him a selection of whiskies, and they signed a card saying, thanks very much for your support this year, really enjoyed working with you, etc., etc., only to find out at the start of January, the very first Friday of the new year, they were calling to him saying they didn't feel loved, wanted, and um, were feeling under the weather and the year hadn't really started. So it's a difficult time for everybody. And I think that there are certain things that you can put in place as a manager and as a business owner. And also if you're a sales exec or in business development, there are certain things that you can try and do to start, start the fire again, so to speak. One of the big problems is that if you're in sales, and you're not process-driven, and you're not really into planning or strategy, you'll come into January with a very empty diary. You'll come in with maybe a very slim sales pipeline. And so you'll feel that additional pressure from the marketplace where you'll start to side with the market and say the market is very um, depressed. There's not a lot of activity. The competition to win in loads of business. It's all about price, so on and so forth. And if you're a sales manager, and a business owner, you have the same problems. You're looking at um, no strategy and, or a plan for the start of the year. We'll kind of get you into a place um, that's very hard to come back from as the time goes on. There's four really good trading weeks have passed and your target for the year could be either um, on target ahead or well behind. And um, it's really how you set the tempo for the year, which needs to be addressed four or five weeks ago, six weeks ago, at the end of last year, which just some people just don't get. Um, one of the other things we, we had noticed in the sessions that we were doing was about planning prospect time and putting dedicated time in your diary to schedule outbound activities. Whether you're in account management or in business development, there's always a need to um, be creating momentum and having meaningful conversations. There's also the issue that would suggest that account management people don't tend to make good business development people and vice versa. And so this doesn't necessarily apply to all aspects of sales, probably just the business development people. Um, but both need strategies. If you're in account management, you need a strategy for account maintenance, for checking in on your existing customers to make sure there's zero churn rate for the next 12 months make sure that you're adequately prepared for their pain points, the challenges that they will face, and that you're addressing them in the right way. 
Um, the last thing you need is a manager saying to you, you need to go out and see these people. You should have that well organised from last year. And a lot of people that we're speaking to, seem it seems to be that diaries are pretty empty for February and March when January gives you a good time and a good opportunity to get some meetings scheduled way in advance. Similarly for business development, you need to be focused on um, outbound and you need to be getting into a process that allows you to start targeting business um, when it suits you because once you start delivering meetings your time becomes more restricted once you start having to do meetings and get proposals your time becomes even more restricted and so you need to find a rhythm of outbound activities that suits your diary which takes proper planning and that's something that everyone needs to consider I did a bit of digging into some of the areas that salespeople are challenged with in a couple of specific sectors, but let's just leave it general for the moment. Um, the key areas that I've seen were poor communication skills, lack of product knowledge, difficulty closing deals and time management. Um, so if you were coming into 2023 and you wanted to do some homework or you wanted to get some training and built into your development programs for your staff, these are some of the things that we can help you out with. Poor communication skills. According to a survey by HubSpot, poor communication skills, the number one challenge faced by salespeople with almost 50% of respondents citing this as a significant issue. Um, you know, I've always thought that the first rule in sales is to make yourself understood. Um, and if you can't do that, then you're definitely in the back foot. But 50% of respondents, according to HubSpot, would say that poor communication skills is the number one challenge that they face this year. Lack of product knowledge. Study by CSO Insights found that only 49% of salespeople felt they had a good understanding of their products. And I would go back to that idiom, if, that's, if it's to be, it's down to me. Um, yeah, you can say and argue that the company should be delivering a strategic, um, uh, you know, well-organized uh, well sales training program, but there's nothing to stop individuals themselves wanting to augment their skills. Uh, if you if you want to become an expert in EastEnders, just watch two of the episodes a week for the whole year and you'll be pretty good at it. And down to names of characters, the, their social lives outside of the show, etc, etc, etc. If you apply that logic to product knowledge or to service knowledge, then it's clear where the advantage would come from. Sales Hacker suggests that only 40% of people are confident in their ability to close deals. I would say that that's particularly low percentage. Some of the people that we're speaking to, their inability to close is a lot higher than that. And it goes back to some really basic negotiation tips and strategies, um, having uh, positions, having interests, having um, the NBS, next best alternative sorted out, all that sort of stuff. Some really basic stuff. People find a difficulty in closing deals, primarily because they're not really asking for them to start. And finally, study by Salesforce found that 46% of people feel they don't have enough time to spend with clients due to administrative tasks and other responsibilities. So those people, and if they're listening, they'll know who they are, are the ones that will blame excessive administrative protocols at work, the uh, implementation of new CRM systems, the um, what are perceived as archaic processes to get very simple tasks done. When inside the business, there are reasons to implement these processes and procedures for data capture, for reporting, for um, data analytics, etc, etc. And that's really all about time management. I normally refer people to the Eisenhower Matrix for the time management 
that has you focused on the stuff that's important and urgent um, and trying to find a way to delegate stuff that just simply is wasting your time. Either delegate or delete. A client that I was speaking to last week talked about um, people-pleasing and that they felt it was their job to jump whenever a customer says jump. And um, it was really hard to try and explain otherwise. But the bottom line is that your customers are your customers. They're not your best friends. And even sometimes you let your best friends and your family down and the consequences aren't always that dramatic. So it's about prioritizing and um, standing inside your, your full value and being able to say, I'm not doing that for you now. And you're gonna to have to wait a week or you're gonna to have to get somebody else to do that. Or if you leave it with me for a few days, rather than just jumping from one task to the next. Um, Another area um, from another survey was how many people find it difficult to deal with the competition. I always refer back to a time in a job previously that um, it was one person's job every month to do an analysis of the competition and say there are six or seven competitors to do a really in-depth analysis of the competition from people, um, their case studies, their value propositions, remarkable differentiators, if you want to call it, what, what they were saying to the market that made them stand out. And this extends now to the marketing side of the business where you're able to uh, check out what they're optimizing for and the targets, the, the who's targeting them and paid for search and, and, and are they targeting you and so on and so forth. And I think if you're able to include that as part of your um, action plan for the first three months, it will certainly help you catch up on whatever you've missed out on in January because all of that stuff is fairly useful on a regular basis. Some, some quick wins maybe for salespeople and sale directors moving into the rest of this quarter. I was listening to a podcast at the weekend and I was introduced to a brilliant body of work by a writer called Growinder. Um, the Prism is the page in Substack and... You can find this guy on Twitter at capital G underscore capital S underscore B-H-O-G-A-L, all capitals, G underscore S underscore B-H-O-G-A-L. And the, I'd heard this um, discussion about this white paper or this essay they've written on the state of social media and the association between smartphone addiction and the shrinkage of the brain's grey matter, which they call digital dementia, um, an umbrella term for the onset of anxiety, depression, and the deterioration of memory, tension span, impulse control, and fairly importantly, across a certain demographics, self-esteem. All of these things are probably challenges that the internet faces us and faces us with in general, but Social media specifically has a really important role to play and the case study that the the writer talks about, Gowinder talks about, is TikTok saying that it's uniquely dangerous. Um, TikTok, more than any other app, is designed to give you what you want while requiring you to do as little as possible, he writes. And the document itself is really, really interesting, covering off the social, cultural, ed- educational issues, but also the geopolitical uh, discussion around China dominating Western culture, specifically the States, with useless BS um, and 
restriction free so all sorts of stuff can be popped up onto your timeline um, all sorted out through an algorithm um, that's basically designed to dumb down the western audience sounds very conspiracy theory I'm sure you'll agree but um, there's some serious dark information to come out of it um, for example in, the, in the, 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 the article a guy from the FBI is quoted as saying that TikTok is controlled by Chinese government and it could be used for influence uh, operations um, to addicting young people, young Westerners, to mind-numbing content to create a generation of idiots. Um, I didn't say that, they did. And then also uh, counter that argument that the Chinese Communist Party is aware of TikTok's malign influence on children and it has created uh, restrictions to accessing the app for Chinese children. Um, it's only accessible for children for 40 minutes a day and it cannot be accessed between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. This is the country that um, houses Doyen, the owner of TikTok. And if the Chinese are interested in doing that to their own children, then you can understand that there's probably something that they see in it that maybe the West isn't seeing. Um, it's like um, communication from way back in the day, you know, has increased in volume, uh, what you can access and the speed with which you can access it has been reduced dramatically. So way back you, for, for broadcast, you had to sit and watch through programs for hours and movies for an hour and a half and so on and so forth and read newspapers cover to cover. And now you get stuff instantaneously that um, it's never been coming at you so fast, but also it's coming at you without, outside, out with your control. So um, apparently the Western average, average IQ has been steadily falling since the 70s. The document talks about a survey undertaken which asked American and Chinese children what job they most wanted. The Chinese children top answer was astronaut and the top answer among American kids was influencer, so go figure. But the truth of it all is that TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc., 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 are all creating a major distraction for everybody. 21st century opium for the masses, and the whole world is distracted by social media, what's going on in the background. Um, let's talk politics for one second and then I leave you alone. And Michelle Moan, it was very, very well documented that Michelle Moan or um, Baroness Moan was involved in a project to rip off the public purse by 27 million, off the top of my head, maybe more than that, for PPE materials that uh, was, were created by a company that were ultimately fit, unfit for purpose. And it's an ongoing um, inquiry into her behaviour and that. You may think that she is the only person that is involved uh, in that particular hustle, side hustle for Tories, but I did a wee bit of research in here and I can come up with, I think it's 16 names of existing MPs who have been taken um, to one side because of their interests in PPE supplies during the pandemic. So Charles Walker, was accused of using his parliamentary letterhead to offer PPE supplies to a private company in which he held a financial interest. Caroline Noakes did the same 
but for a company that was owned by a friend, Stephen Thames, a former Labour MP, was accused of seeking to secure PPE supplies for a company in which he held a financial interest, Robert Jenrick, Richard Holden, Maria Miller, Lee Anderson, Chris Lodger, Marcus Fish, Chris Green, Lucy Allen, Sir Ian fucking Duncan Smith, former Conservative leader, was accused of using his position to secure PPE supplies for a company in which he also held a financial interest. Jacob Rees-Mogg, the best advert for not having children, uh, the leader of the House of Commons at one point, was accused of using his position to secure PPE supplies for a company in which he held a financial interest. Damien Hines, Robert Goodwill and Julian Lewis. 16 MPs who have by... who all allegedly, one way or another, used their position to for their own personal gain. And all the while we're looking at cats... Um, dancing on the screen and worried about he, she, me, they, them, us, all that sort of stuff. And I've never really seen media to be so dangerous as it sits in the current state right now. And um, I have clients that are advertising on social media and some of their successes will come through advertising or boosting posts on Facebook and Instagram. But the bottom line is that... um, Media has never been more out of control than it is right now. And once AI gets its game together to a greater extent, then um, the future would be very dark indeed, in my opinion. Thanks for listening. Um, Long podcast, a bit of a rant, but I appreciate you taking time to listen this far. And all the very best for the rest of the year. I'm wishing you all a very happy in bulk as St. Bridges Day um, comes upon us in... 48 hours. Take it easy.